episode 118, Down But Not Out. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The Games We Play with Brian and Chris. And welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board gaming, tabletops, RPGs, miniatures, but always about the games we play. I'm your co-host and co-founder of The Games We Play, Brian, and with me this week, co-host and co-founder, Chris. Hello, everyone. Ooh, crowd goes wild. <laughs> D- I mean, did you get noticed at Gen Con? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll talk about Gen Con here in a second. Sorry, I didn't mean... Uh, Squirrel, I guess. Um, <laughs> this yeah. is episode 118 of the games we play. Thank you for listening and tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, if this is your first time listening, thank you for trying us out. This podcast, uh, we're doing things a little different with the pandemic. Chris and I actually re- uh, record remotely. Hopefully, you can't tell, but I do the best I can for editing to try to fix the the latency. But uh, through the pandemic, we've just been kind of doing a little whatever. We've been introducing uh, short segments, talking about board gaming and different topics. Uh, this week's going to be just a little different just due to some of our absence. And then Chris was at Gen Con and Geekway of the West. So we have a lot to talk about this week. And then we're going to talk about some board games we played. So pretty excited about it. Got some Pretty sweet games, and uh, I'm actually kind of excited to talk about some games that are literally sitting on my table in shrink wrap yeah. that came in the last few weeks. I had uh, quite a few games on hold that uh, I made the shipping threshold, so I got free shipping and finally got them in. Like Ruins of Arnok, like yes, that's been. I've, I think I've had that ordered for over a month, and it's just been sitting at uh, Boardlandia. So what are you gonna do? Yes, that's uh, it's like early Christmas. It really is. It's like Black Friday. Yes. It's not really. And oh, I got a couple Kickstarters in. I think you did too, probably, right? Um, did you? Because you backed uh, Western Legends, did you? Oh, not? yes. Yes. Did yes, you get yes. yours in? Yes, I did get Yeah. Uh, yep. The blood so, money. My collection is now complete because I missed the last Kickstarter and I, oh. I paid a little extra to get the, get the stuff I missed. And I have now a complete Western Legends collection. And we I need love that. that game. Oh, I'm excited. I was looking at some of the new stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really it really um, adds to the flavor of the uh, sandbox western feel. Oh, yeah. It'd be sweet to get like a five-player game yes. of that. Just act like outlaws or cowboys and go around and the, gambling. The, the game and... you, Corey, and I played, that just, at, when we ended it, it just had an epic feel, told a story that we were, for days and weeks and even months now, you're... Um, that we we just oh remember this and you did this and I did this and oh my gosh I love games like that yeah. I remember robbing you of yes. your money that was awesome <laughs> yes I was like oh. I, I think went, you were mining yeah. or something trying to come back yep. to town and I like I jumped you and took it from you <laughs> I was going the good guy route <laughs> and you went the the bandit bad guy route yep yep well I started out good and I was yep. just like this is boring I'm going. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Western Legends is fun. Uh, we do have a prior uh, episode talking about that. But uh, anyway, yeah. So we got that Kickstarter and nice. got Dino World in uh, with the RAR right as well. So a lot of games to play, and they're all sitting on my table. Probably to Emily chagrin because they've been sitting there for like weeks. Anyway, so uh, let's get into this. Uh, so big thing is uh, been absent the last couple weeks. Uh, the <laughs> the reason for that is our family, uh, my family, got uh, COVID. And uh, it all started, ironically, it wasn't for me going to football games with 80,000 people. It came from Denver bringing home from school. 
<laughs> of all places. Hey, they so, teach them how to share in school. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. In everything. Just trying to tell them, like, like don't use your hands when you cough. Like, st- just yep. like, okay. Wash them. Don't, don't pick your eyes. They're germ machines. They don't oh, think gosh, twice yes. about that stuff. They're kids. Uh, anyway, he, he, uh, so he brought home, got sick, and was sick for like a day. And it was like, okay. <laughs> Um, and in fact, we took it to the doctor cause he always gets around the time with allergies and they said, Oh yeah, it's a sinus infection, which he probably did have one, but he also had COVID apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Emily got sick second within days and I was fine. I like held off for a good week. Like she was sick as a dog. Oh. I'm like, I think you, I mean, I think you got home. Um, but she did, she, you know, she didn't want to take tests. She was staying home anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. And I work from home, and Denver was home, so nobody was leaving the house, and we weren't seeing anybody. Um, I lasted as long as I could, and then I got sick like a week later. And uh, as I started getting sick, I'm like, I just think this is it. So we got tested, and sure enough, uh, we got uh, we got the COVID. And uh, so just been recovering from that. It has been a journey, to say the least. I mean, the worst of it was the the first week or so, just with like. You know, the fever and the chills and all yep, that stuff. Those side effects. Uh, yep. But once we started getting over that, uh, the big thing was like fatigue. Yeah. I, oh, yep. man. I, I, I like tried to go back to work one day and I worked like two hours. And I'm like falling asleep in my chair. I can't do this. And I still have a cough, obviously, because I probably just cut out something that sounded weird. But I still have a cough, just a little. And it's like a dry cough. And I still can't taste or smell. So that's fun. And so it's been like three weeks now, four weeks now. So it's been the journey. Getting back to normal this last week, the energy level finally came back. And so the last thing is that cough, and which is like a dry cough and and uh, and the, the, the smell and taste. Thankfully, Emily got it. She can taste the smell now. Like, of course. <laughs> of course. Good for <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, no. Uh, but she is a week ahead of me. But um, yeah, so finally recovered over that. But that's that was the big thing is, yeah. uh, is COVID. And then on top of it, not only do we get COVID with the work stuff, like work's just been crazy yes. with the with our project and everything going on. So working a lot of hours on top of that, like nights. Uh, I had like a I've had a couple 12 hour day type situations. And then we have a big implementation coming up next week which is going to require a lot of extra work too. And it's just, yeah, it's crazy. So, and then of course, you know, to make things better or worse on ourselves, we got a puppy. So, <laughs> which is <laughs> like just, a kid. <laughs> yeah. Let's just throw that into the mix on top of everything. I mean, that was kind of my choice in that case. Uh, so oh, way to go. Brian. So the things have been a little <laughs> crazy around here in our house, but, uh, going well, finally. Good. So yeah, that's, uh, that would explain the absence a little bit and why we haven't uh, recorded here. And then, Chris, you were out of town. So let's get into that. How was Gen Con and Geekway of the West? Gen Con was good. Um, it was the 50% of capacity and um, reduced uh, playing areas. There was no Lucas Oil Field. Um, there's mm. some of the uh, subsidiary side areas weren't um, weren't utilized. So everything was compacted. Interesting. Yeah. And just like the exhibit uh, exhibitor hall, um, uh-huh. that was probably maybe two thirds the size. Um, really? Utilize. Uh, they didn't have the full area. Um and uh but it, the attendance wise i mean i thought that was a fabulous number 
Um, first time ever walking through the exhibit hall and not running into people. Oh, uh, bumping. dude. There, that'd be always, so nice. There is always that one guy who has that oversized game backpack that turns oh, left gosh. and turns right <laughs> and hits you. But it's of not. Course. Yeah, exactly. There's always that. <laughs> there's always that one guy. But um, no, just walking through there. I mean, you could feel that there was there really wasn't even even on the Saturday. That's usually the normal presence. Um, mm-hmm. You never run pe- uh, into people uh as wow. much and i mean that it, had to been really nice that I mean, honestly that was nice that yeah. was nice um they did put um gen con did put an expansion of adding uh more some uh, doing the outside festivities and oh, yeah. um so rob and i went to this one booth it was wild bill's uh, it's like exotic soda, handcrafted soda. They had mm-hmm. uh, this like old time wheelbarrow um, uh, trailer, and for uh, it was like twenty bucks. You can buy this. Was it twenty bucks? Something like that. Uh, exclusive uh, Gen Con mug, um, hot mm-hmm. cold mug, and then then it was like twenty bucks more. You get uh, unlimited sodas uh, no. for the whole week. So we oh. were, yeah, so for the whole con. I mean, you could pay like five bucks nice. a day or 20 bucks for the whole time. So we got one and Rob and I would always walk there and get a, I went with the diet root beer, but, um, I didn't oh, want to. So it's like yes. the, the, like the, the really good There's quality diet, yes, root, beer root beer and stuff. Diet root beer. There was cherry cola. Um, oh, there was yum. grape, orange, I sarsaparilla, all these. And we tried all of them and there were some fabulous ones. That's, uh, all, yeah. that's not a bad deal. No. I mean, considering you, yeah, I mean, you'd have to drink a lot of, not a lot of it, but yeah, that's not bad. No, it's fun. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and we you got to keep that. the mug too, yeah, right? Yep, you got to keep the nice. mug. So it's it's the we got the Gen Con uh, one, um, that kind of bit. The and so and that that was kind of a neat thing that we did. I've never done stuff, uh, some things like that. We just saw the very first day we were there and walk somebody walking around. So we went outside and and saw him. We're like, <laughs> hey, let, let's do this. So Smart. yeah, so we would uh, you know in between stuff we'd run out and get a drink and things like that. It was it was oh, cool. cool. It, that was a neat little thing. Um, but yeah, so the outside activities they, they were pretty cool. They had that uh, that. Strong Strip area, um, mm-hmm. just uh, just what was that east? I think that would be east. Yeah, east of mm-hmm. the Gen Con, right out front, uh, yep, yep. where they kind of block off the street yep. and stuff. Yeah, and, they and had that. Yep, and they, they had the food trucks there in previous yes. years, and they had food trucks, and they had some under vend- other vendors and some uh, stuff like that. So interesting. That, that was pretty cool. Um, but game wide plays, uh, it was really cool. Uh, Rob um, got me hooked up with. Uh, we we entered and played one of the games. Um, called Dawn Patrol, and I think I mentioned to you about this. Uh, that's an old World War One, World War One fighter plane uh, game made by oh, TSR, yeah. yep. mm-hmm. which was uh, TSR is the the original game uh, company that produced um, Dungeons and Dragons with with Gary Gygax, oh, okay. um, things like that. So, but what is really cool, uh, Dawn Patrol is a game that has been played at every single Gen Con. So um, from the very first one on Mike Carr is the designer. He's, he's part of TSR and he got into, uh, he was like uh, 18, 17, 18 years old. um, When he, he developed this game 
Um, and basically, it's a grid. You got this uh, uh, square grid that you use uh, chits that represent uh, World War One fighter planes. And it is think of the 1970s uh, games Dungeons and Dragons were. You've got tables and percentages mm-hmm. and rolling mm-hmm. dice, and it's it's very much that. But he developed this game on the um, floor of his uh, mom's kitchen because it had uh, the pattern, the square pattern. <laughs> so you would use this chits. So that was so. <laughs> he mimicked that into the game board and from the anyway but mike carr fabulous guy we met him and he 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 invented this game and um gary gygax loved it and they he said hey you know you know you we're gonna we're doing this um, um gen con in geneva wisconsin hence gen con and you know hey mike we want you to uh lead this game called dawn patrol and it's re- it was really cool but having the the designer of the game teach us and run through this game and he talked with rob and i and we got a picture and he invited us to uh gary con which is in wisconsin geneva wisconsin um this next march and stuff so, I mean, that was a, a, a experience that this guy is, uh, we met one of the founding fathers of TSR games and Dungeons and Dragons, and he ended up writing a bunch of stuff um, with Dungeons and Dragons stuff, but played a game. That's really that, cool. That was a neat experience. That was a really cool experience. And so, something you would probably only get to do unless unless you live like locally and somehow rub shoulders with them. Right. Only can happen at a big convention like this. Yeah. That's, that's what's really fun about Gen Con is just yep. some of the people there's always designers publishers just the some of the people you get to meet where you're like oh that oh i've played your games like i really like your games stuff like that that's it's yeah. really neat that's the fun part of gen con is actually meeting those people it is and you know honestly at the end of you know gen con is huge and it's largest in mm-hmm. uh, game convention in the united states and second largest in the world uh behind us uh, uh spiel but um essen Essen, excuse me, Inspiel, yes, right, something yep. like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiel's the town, Essen, yep. Um, uh, but all it it just basically boils down to people here like to play games, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who they are; they could be this famous designer and stuff. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they they're there because they like to play games, and yep. so I thought that was really yep. cool. So we did that. We had a lot of fun at uh, Gen Con. Um, enjoyed it. It was just Rob and I since the school was going on. The kids, uh, the, the boys could come. Yeah, it. yeah. Yep. The boys had football and of course school and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it was it was it was um, it was interesting. We're gonna. I'm very curious to see how it goes next year because I know there was many of the major um, uh, publishers, major publishers out. pulled out. So there was a lot of small publishers. So you had that influence influx of small ones um i'm wondering if these major ones are going to say hey you know what we did totally fine with sales and not had to go to gen con because i hear it's expensive and for travel and shipping and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff with them maybe um and maybe it's it's the way of gen con has morphed a little and will change maybe. so we'll see how that goes next year yeah but- i think a big contributing factor this year not to get into this stuff interests me and this might be boring to some people the business side of things but oh no um, obviously, we—I mean, everybody's probably aware of the shipping yeah. uh, issues. I, I think it kind of started with board games a little earlier than the general public, right? We kind of knew about these shipping issues, but now it's hitting the mainstream news uh, here in the United States, just due to now it's affecting like almost all products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I think co- combining moving Gen Con plus the shipping, you know, issues 
has if I was a big, you know, if I was a publisher and I had, hey, here's my flagship game, you know, because they usually that's what happens at Gen Con, right? Absolutely. Typically, if you haven't been to Gen Con, typically these big publishers, they they use Gen Con as like a pre-launch for their game. And so what you'll see is these big companies, they'll have games in and they'll sometimes you find out when you get there that, oh, like Fantasy Flight Games. Oh, here's TI5. What? Oh, and we have copies. You can go yep. buy them. It's like, yeah. what? Yes, it um, creates and the so buzz. They, yeah. yeah, exactly. Or some companies, they publish it ahead of time. There's ways that they get it out being like pre-sale where it's exclusive. You can get it a month early at Gen Con or yep. two months early or three months early or whatever. And they'll have limited copies, right? Their first run or whatever. And so that's what a lot of these bigger companies do. And so that's what's kind of fun. Going to Gen Con, guess you do pay like full price typically for these games. But you get your hands on these games earlier than the general public. You can't go on to miniature market and go get this game at the same time. You're going to have to wait for the release date, the street date, and and typically you're getting it months early. So come, that's typically what Gen Con is because it's yeah. it, Gen Con kind of hits off this huge uh, gaming convention fall extravaganza, right? And so it kind of creates that buzz and gets that marketing and all that going. But you move Gen Con back. And you have shipping issues where these flagship games that maybe they were planning on bringing are now delayed and stuck in China or stuck in the sea or is behind on manufacturing. And I could see if I was a big publisher and I was planning on, hey, here's these two big games. Like if I was Simon, here's these two big games that I really want to bring to Gen Con. But, oh, it's delayed. What is there any like financially marketing? Is there any reason to go? It, probably not, right? Um, so I, I could see why some of those publishers pulled out, and then obviously you have the pandemic and stuff on top of it, right? I mean, yeah, it's great for small publishers, you know, these indies yeah. that maybe already have a run of games, already have copies, um, but maybe are not as well known just for marketing and exposure. And that's a great way to get exposure, great way for people to walk up. I mean. Like Luchador, like nobody knows about that game, oh and we gosh. only know about it because we saw the small little publisher, and it looked really cool, and it was really fun. That's what you kind of get at Gen Con for some of these small publishers, so that's kind of cool. Um, and in some of that regards, I mean, there's a silver lining, if you will, with the big publishers pulling up. But I, I agree. So what's next year going to be like? If the shipping can, if the shipping issues continue in the inflation and the prices and all that continue because not only is it a shipping crisis but like the cost is 10 to 15 times higher and you're already having to spend money to ship all the stuff then to gen con have the booth set it up pay your employees to set it up spend time get the volunteers it's a lot of cost to sink in there and if you're already like your margin on some of those games just due to raising costs at the moment i don't know if it makes a whole lot of sense so um yeah this all that to say i find that all kind of interesting so all to say yeah. is next year will be interesting uh if they can keep the date um the general consensus with the with covid where that's at and and maybe people aren't gonna be as afraid more do they open it back up um it just you know there's a lot that goes into it so hopefully the the shipping stuff gets uh, figured out and, and the rising costs go back down on those shipping containers because i think that if it keeps up much longer i mean we already saw i don't know if you saw asmodee raise their prices on yes the i did i read that and it's kind of certain ones but it's the ones that probably take more they're the big box type games the ones that take a lot of room where you're not 
able to stuff as many games into a container, so it gets a little more expensive. So I, I some of those bigger ones, they raised them twenty dollars. So they were like MSRP one oh nine. Now they're like one thirty or one twenty nine. It's kind of crazy. So anyway, something to keep eye on. But uh, I'll be curious. We we I mean we we rolled our badges over to twenty uh twenty two. Emily and I did. So we're we're planning on next year. Hopefully it stays in the summer. That would be great. It will be around our, our anniversary. It's actually our fifteenth anniversary next year. And I'm not sure what's the dates on uh on Gen Con right now for twenty 22 do you know yeah it's august 4th through the 7th yeah. <laughs> august <laughs> okay yeah um. happy anniversary honey we're going to gen con yeah so it, it's actually at the end of august oh, is yeah. our our 15th anniversary so yeah it'll be just a few weeks before our anniversary but because uh, sometimes gen con's later in the month but anyway neither here or there uh so cool Sounds interesting. I'll be really curious to see a Gen Con. I, I was really jealous. Like when you I knew you were gone, you were texting. I was just like, oh, I so wish I was there. <laughs> yeah. So we 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 loved it. We stayed in the uh State Bridge, which is literally like two blocks. It's right across the street from Lucas Oil Field and like two blocks away from the the southern edge of the convention center. So we'd get up, have breakfast, walk there. It was awesome. It was really get awesome. a root beer yes. mug yep. Yep. for the yep. for the walk back. Yep. Oh yes. <laughs> and the nice thing is is if we picked up anything or did whatever, we could go drop it off at the hotel I and know, come you don't back. Have to lug and, it around. Yeah, you don't oh, lug it. That's I mean, tough. It was literally like an eight minute walk. I I timed it. It was an eight bar in heavy traffic, vehicle traffic. It was an eight and, minute walk. And given so. that uh, unlimited uh, pot, uh, yeah. soda, yeah, burn it, those you calories. Might need that yeah. one. <laughs> we got our steps in at Gen Con. I'll oh, tell you that. Yeah, we got a lot do, of yeah. <laughs> You get like 20,000 steps in oh, a day. Easily. It's, it's, it's easily. great. It's yeah, great. It was. And it's like at the end of the day, you're like, why am I so tired? I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so Gen Con sounded cool. Uh, not, I mean, could have been worse, right? Could have been Considering a lot worse. Out of curiosity, they did require masks. Yep. So how was the smell? Was the smell better? Because you had a mask? Well, um, it, it, it kills I'm, I'm me because the they, they still uh, required a mask. But then before they're open, the, con- uh, the exhibit hall and stuff, you see these crowds of people. Like all over. I mean, it's the, it's the, <laughs> hey, here's the rules. Anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they were a stickler on keeping the mass up. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things. It's, it was kind of of a moot point of why, why have it when everything else is the way it is. But yeah, um, but yeah less people um, met that did not see um, two, two pluses, did not smell um, those, um, those uh, Gen Con odors of that of in the past, and two, <laughs> oh, man, there was bad. less uh, cosplays. Um, so there's always some of these cosplayers walking around with some of these extravagant um, outfits, or uh, let- yeah, like the mar- like the space those, marine, uh, yeah. mar- space yeah. marines, and they yep. have a like, huge armor. Yep. It's, it's I mean, it's cool. Yeah, and you, you see that. Then there's they've got a mask on. <laughs> That was always something we laughed at, but uh, there was there was it was kind of neat to see how some of the cosplayers in, uh, integrated uh, integrated the uh, the mask the into mask their costume. Into it. Yes. Oh, that, yeah, that's not but, bad. But it's one of those things yeah. where you're walking around, you're like, well, that's not an N95. Does that really count as a mask? But hey, something's over a person's face, so nobody nobody or everybody accepts it. 
and they nobody says anything. But but it's fishnet. Yes, I don't, exactly. I don't know. That's really good. I'm not yep. <laughs> yeah. No, there is. Oh, trust me. If you we want to get go down the path of the the, the actual science behind the the personal protective equipment versus uh, just something covering my face. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk offline because yeah. your brother is a doctor. Yes, he is. Doctor, he is a, a doctor. And you, yes, and you have you have a medical background too yep. from the military, so yep. um, you're probably more qualified with some of that than I am. Yeah, it's yeah, all good. Maybe we'll talk offline. Yep. But anyway, unless we want to make a political uh, board gaming podcast, and it seems like everybody <laughs> else is nowadays. Um, all right, cool. So Geekway of the West, how'd that go? That was this fun. is your first time there. Yes. I've never been there. I've only heard about it. It sounds really cool. It was fun. It was literally a five and a half hour drive to St. Charles, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. Um, okay. So it's, what is it? Northwest side. Um, anyway, it was it was a really easy, uh, good drive for us. Uh, we stayed at Embassy Suites in St. Charles, a convention center um and it was really nice uh from what we heard it was about half the size i actually uh rob and i ran into several um gaming buddies from iowa that we've uh, no met way. and stuff yes really? um oh, yes what's the chance i know it's like uh so friends of friends we uh get together to play some miniature games or this or uh some people we, uh, we've uh met and played games with at fields of honor um things like oh, that and yeah. haven't seen them for a couple years and um gabe and judy who live in in ankeny um were oh. a couple that we met them in the uh the embassy suites uh uh breakfast area and we're like hey judy walks up and she's like hey and i'm like hey is, what is the odds? what is That's the odds crazy. of that yeah so we played uh That's cool. oh my gosh they've been over to uh the old house and played some uh miniature games um um some the cowboy miniature games and things like that years ago and we played some <laughs> other miniature games at their house in ankeny and anyway nice people uh so we we found some um then we met bill um again he lives from newton we've played uh fields of honor games and stuff anyway so we rob and i hooked up with them and played some games with them and and back and forth and things like that so it was fun um but geek way supposedly is right around three thousand people um and in this convention area it's a smaller uh convention compared to gen con but this year was about they were saying it was about half the size um the space or just people uh people half the people sorry oh, okay. sorry the same size basically okay you've gotcha. got embassy suites and they utilize yeah. a bunch of small little business rooms uh, in the okay. embassy suites then you walk through this uh doorway pathway into the convention center which is two levels a uh, smaller level has a huge open 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 hall uh where basically it's just rows and rows and tables they had a uh, big uh letter cardboard um um, signs that said A, B, C, D, and then on the oh, tables for that library. Yep, and every in the table they had one, two, three. So A, you could tell people, hey, let's go to A nine, and that's where we're gonna play games and stuff like that. Oh, so you gotcha. know where you're that's at. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so, but it had just rows and rows, and then the smaller rooms, and there's these offshoots and things like that. But what Gateway is, uh, excuse me, Geekway. Um, to the West is really known for is their uh, game library. They had about 2,000 plus game library wow. where you can just go in and check it out. You just use your badge, you check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's part of the admission of of uh, your nice. badge and stuff. It's really cool. Then, So it's a, re it's, it's a real playing, like an actual playing type of convention this, more than absolutely. like a... Uh, 
like a vendor type right. thing like Gen Con is. Um, there was very minimal um, vendor presence this year. Uh, basically, Miniature Market was there um, because that's local oh. to St. Louis. Uh, oh, yeah, That was is. basically, they they've said in the past they've had um, some nice vendor um, setups, nothing compared to uh, um, Gen, Con, Gen Con, but uh, they didn't really have that presence this year. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, but this is really open gaming, just open gaming. And it's, it's basically bored. There's, I always, there's no miniatures, there's no role playing. Um, they had oh, maybe yeah. a dozen, my yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe they, they had maybe a dozen signups to play and like a little contest or stuff like that. Sure. Um, but it really, it's really just open gaming. Um, one of the other things they're really known for is, is play and wins. So publishers will give them 10 copies of the runes of Arnak and you can mm -hmm. check it out play it and then check it back in and uh, put your name in if you want to register to win a game and then at the end of the the convention on the uh, sunday they draw names uh, for these copies and if you win a copy you, you can't win any other copies but you actually get to take that copy home and oh nice i ended up winning uh lost runes of arnak so yeah yeah yep. yeah i have yeah. that that's one of that's, the games that's, sitting on my that is one of the games on my list uh, i always wanted to play and we tried it we didn't get through the whole gameplay because it took a little while and the the nights but we got it checked out it was funny uh we checked out several other games and but um ended up winning lost runes of arnak so um nice. that was fun but yeah rob and i that, would we would just yeah. go check out a game we brought a couple little small two-player games with us um but we would go check out a game and sit down and he would read it and then play it or I'd read it and lead it and play it and stuff like that. And one of the ones I picked up there was Dice Miner. Nice. Yes. And we'll get to that so, here. In yeah, a bit. we'll definitely yes, talk a little, about it. Yeah, uh, so, teasing there. Teasing yes. there. So it kind of reminds me of uh, what I liked of Origins. Yes, very much. Recall, where we got to play, but with Origins, very limited because you have to get the badge, and you know, there was only Additional. so many, so you could get yep. access to the, which is fine. And and Origins kind of seems like a mix of Gen Con and Geekway right. of the West, kind of uh, like a nice mix of both, but. Yeah, oh, for my understanding, Geekway of yeah. the West. I mean, this sounds this, this sounds right up my alley. I'd yeah. rather just go and play games all. So weekend. Rob and I talked about that. This would be a um, really good convention that where you would get four to six people um, and play and go together. And because then you can bust off on twos, yes. you can go in fours, you could do yes. this, or somebody wants to sleep. It's like in. a board gaming retreat, It really is. It really, it really is. Uh, for, somebody was telling me, Bill was telling us that the, the play and win, um, that usually is the very hot thing, and it's very hard to get items. This year, it was half the people, so we were able to get more play and, uh, play and wins cool. checked out and stuff like that. But the library, you could go in there. They had tons, and I want to say two to 3,000 games there. Gosh, Plus, people awesome. brought the own stuff like that so yeah sure. yeah you just get that thing out there and that that's uh we thought about that and this is normally in may if i remember yeah right. i was just, I, when you're talking yeah. i'm like ooh, this sounds awesome yes. i just pulled it up uh may 12th through the 15th yeah for 2022 yeah so that's like that's like uh late it is it's spring. like late spring, before early summer. summer like. Yep, before summer. So that would be uh, a very good one to go with. Uh, so we, Rob and I were talking about that. He really, are, we are really liked it too? and enjoyed that. And we're like, you know, because the thing is, our hotel was literally 
walks steps away from the whole huge gaming area. I mean, because you just cross over from the hotel to the convention area. Uh, through and it's not going to be super hard to get that either, no. uh, like a hotel like that. No, it it's it see this is another one. It was like three thousand people. They said this year was fifteen hundred. Uh, haven't heard sp- oh. uh, exact numbers. This was just talking about some convention people that go often, sure. um, and. So it's another one. It's curious. Is it going to go back to 3000 people? Cause that would be really, really busy there. Um, I felt it was busy, but not overly crowded. Um, at, Maybe at they have more tables. Yes. And stuff yeah. And I, I don't like, know, maybe. but I would love to see it. I'd love to, Rob and I talked about potentially uh, checking about going uh, again and then asking other people, Hey, who wants to go with this? But yeah. I'm gay. Yeah. I'm gay. Yep. Uh, registration opens uh, January 4th yes. at 8 a.m. I'm putting it on my calendar as a reminder. If that says saying surprise Emily while you're listening to this. Yep. <laughs> no, and and people were friendly, and that's the whole atmosphere was to find games. They have um, flags, so you would have a get you'd grab a flag and mm. say player mm-hmm. wanted, and uh, or uh, um, kind of like uh, origins. Yes, origins, and the, another flag mm-hmm. that says uh, you know teacher wanted. Uh, they have the game, but they need somebody to teach it. Um, then they also instituted or, or rolled out an app that you can sign up and things like that. Oh, and you can, you can nice. say, hey, you know, I need players for this. We're at A20, table A20. They're um, playing ahead. Yes, so yep, especially like yep, some of those bigger yep. ones, if you want to play like a larger three-hour yep. type game. It was kind of cool. They went electronically and things like that. So we didn't utilize the app and um, we didn't utilize any of those flags, but um, it was it was fun. It, yeah, but it's nice to know. Oh, absolutely! That they helped organize that gameplay, and you really, you're right. Geekway felt a um, a smaller version of that game library at Origins. When I say, and that, I was mistaken. Uh, January fourteenth is the patron registration. I assume that must be some kind of donation level type thing. The open registration for everybody is January twenty eighth, which. Oh. Two days before my birthday. So yeah, patron Rob and I got in on that, um, and so okay, yeah. well, it's kind of a big deal now. We, we didn't know. Uh, come back from yeah. Geekway, and like, I don't even know you, yeah. Chris. <laughs> we didn't know what it was, um, but uh, so I registered. I got. I found this, and I, I kind of led the charger registering, and so I just got us normal badges, and then yeah. we got an email. Hey, there's a few patron badges just left, and we're uh, you just uh, anybody who wants, uh, just sign up, and if we have more people than badges we'll draw one out well rob got rob got it so we paid a little bit more and um we got uh so we got to show up on um what was it that it was a friday yeah friday saturday sunday uh or no it was this was during the week so it was um it was like tuesday we show oh monday night sorry i'm getting my dates wrong uh thinking gen con it was monday night we showed up at 6 p.m and got in they gave us some swag bags we've got metal dies we got a challenge oh, cool. coin we got to go to a special kickoff buffet uh which had hors d'oeuvres and and food and and the beers and things like this we had to pay for the beers but got all this food and still oh yeah that's cool. so we got all these extra kind of bling okay. that's uh it was really wow. cool so i'll show you the challenge coin and metal dice i love challenge coins nice. the military in me but um it, it was really neat. it was it was neat and so I, we would do the patron again you just get some extra uh, geekway swag um which is kind of all about the swag i love that stuff oh, especially yeah. if you get dice dude i i'm i'm yeah. 
You got yeah. me all excited yeah. for this. Like, this is up my alley. This is what I like in conventions. Yep. This is why I liked Origins so much. Yes. That it was a little different than Gen Con. Where, I mean, Gen Con's fun. Don't don't get me wrong. And, and it's fun. The hype. It's unique. And yep. the new games. Yep. And see, and you, you see, like, these indie publishers and some just really neat stuff that you would never see uh, unless, like, you're just digging through BGG and blogs and videos. I don't have time for that. Um, and so I think that it that's the fun part about Gen Con is just discovering new things. Yep. But it's not for game playing. About the only game playing you can get in Gen Con is really just in the evenings and going to open gaming. And there's no organized. It's more just, like, your friends, right? Um, I mean, you can try to meet up with people, but open gaming, it's its tough at Gen Con. Uh, I mean, you can sign up for games, but those are they're usually events or more demos than like, hey, we're just going to play these old, even older games. Like, you're not going to be able to find many older games. And if you are, it's usually tournaments or some kind yep. of like specialized thing at Gen Con. And it's hard to get into typically. They are hard to so get into. It's so big and it's just really hard than like, anyway. That's why I liked Origins, because you're going to get a mix where you can kind of do some of the discovery, but it's not as big, but it's more of the game playing. Um, this, I mean, this is what I want. It's a gaming, it's a, it's a gaming retreat, essentially, is what this is. Um, yeah, it's, I, I put it on my calendar Good. for the, rent, the registration. Yeah, so. the hotel was nice. Embassy Suites had a breakfast in the morning, and it has the manager hour in the evening, yeah, and that was, nice. that was nice. It was just fun. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, we'll have to stay in touch and maybe uh, put some uh, peer pressure on Corey. Maybe we're thinking that. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't know if he rolled it. He has a badge for 2022 for Gen Con. I don't recall. Maybe he's not planning. I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll have to try to get some friends maybe to go and road trip it down. That'd be really yeah. fun. And they are far enough apart where May and August it, it is. They're not back oh, to yeah. back like they were this oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> we were at literally sure. Gen Con two weeks later. Uh, Geekway. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, in May, like when you, if we went down there, it's far enough that it's probably summer feeling versus yes. here in May. Sometimes it can be snowing here in Iowa <laughs> in May, or it could yes. be ninety. You just never know. That is you so true. Know. All right. Well, um, that was really fun talking about that. You got me excited, uh, Chris. That's for sure. And uh, that probably could have taken it out of context, but that's for another time. <laughs> I'll have to mark that off for uh, for a uh, unnecessary censorship. Okay, so let's get into talking about some games. So typically, if you're still making this far, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, typically, we talk about some games and what we played and do some uh, overviews. Obviously, this week was a little different just because we're catching up and talking about the conventions, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so we will get back to more of a regular schedule with our um with our short segments and topics and stuff, but we do, I mean, we'd be remiss to end the podcast without talking about some board games we played. So Chris, do you want to start it out and talk about uh, a game or do we want to, do we, do we want to tease it more about dice miner? No, we're going to, uh, we're going to lead okay. right into it. I think that's do it. I'm really excited enough. to hear about this. This, this game looks real cool and it's got a lot of hype. Uh, I've seen this, uh, on a lot of people's lists. I've seen a lot of, pictures on social media about this i think it's even like out of stock uh it's been hard to get it has so been. i'm I, i'm i'm really excited to hear about it. so let's hear about dice miner chris dice miner yes dice miner is a dwarven themed game from atlas games and uh it has two favorite things of mine dwarves, dwarves and, dice. and dice yes yep. so <laughs> basically the premise of it is um 
years ago. And just, just sorry, just not do me This was a Kickstarter, is that right? This was, um, yeah, from like two years it, ago. And they're probably just now shipping. Yeah, it's just coming out now. Um, it was a. Okay. Uh, I'm trying. It yes, it was a Kickstarter type. I'm. I don't remember okay. if it was on Kickstarter, but it was, I kind of yep. recall talking about this yep. when the Kickstarter came out a long time yes. ago. But. That's kind of funny. We've been doing this long enough now that finally Kickstarters we are talking about that were going <laughs> on started, yeah. are now started shipping. Like, oh boy. Anyway, sorry, yeah, I didn't mean no, to interrupt. So if, if this sounds familiar to anybody, we've probably talked about it a little bit. Uh, but it's finally in our hands and people's hands in the wild. So yeah. sorry. No, I'll, you're I'll fine. So uh basically what Dice Miners is it's a game of dice drafting. Uh the theme is the dwarves once lived beneath these three mighty mountains and um, after centuries of war with the dragons, um, their age-old enemies, they banished them to the deep. Well, the dwarves have just lived uh, plentiful and happy lives, and but all of a sudden the dragons are starting to wake and uh, come to the surface and the dwarves have to battle them again. Um, so basically what you do, there's three rounds of, of, of um, gameplay. And you there's this uh, in the base game, it comes with a cardboard mountain that you put together and it like stands. Yes, up, it does. Right? It's angled. So because this is where you put the dice there in a duck's what? version, there's a plastic version of this mountain stuff did you you don't have i don't it. have the deluxe i i was kicking <laughs> myself should i get this i was trying to read on it, it was one of those things but it's like it's gray yeah. plastic yeah you have to paint it to make it i know that cool was i think and where the, the cardboard is colored and stuff like that so anyway I, I yeah and and so at the bottom it's kind of like a squiggly pattern yes. so the dice can sit on at like at yep. not like like a tray flat but at a, a tray like at an a angle dying yep yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So basically what there is, there's six different dwarves you can choose from in the beginning. Um, and basically uh, there's the dragon slayer, the alchemist, surveyor, prospector, treasurer, and engineer. And what they do is they each, uh, each of them have a uh, um, dice facing on it, which means you get a, a free ability. Um, and these oh, okay. these abilities do things through this uh, throughout the game. But basically, what you do is you have this bag full of all these various dice, and the dices have numbers on them. They have may beer symbols. They may have uh, avalanche symbols or dragon symbols or shields or pickaxes and okay. and gems. You take this dice bag, mix all the dice up, and then just start pouring it on to the mountain. And how, what? yes, okay. you pour them, that's how you do it. You randomly pour the dice onto the mountain um, okay. so it fills these spots on the mountain, okay? And then that uh -huh. that's those are the dice you get a, a draft from. Any dice that falls off, you just put back in the bag. And um, you'll uh, do this, you do this for three rounds. And so, this, and so, yep. and, and so, then one side of the dice. Is so facing one side you. of the dice is facing okay. you. So then, and they're all yep, mixed. They're in all in mixed different in. Order. There's okay. different dice all mixed in. Things like that. So then, cool. what you do is you figure out who's going first, and then you start drafting the dice. Okay, you draft oh. the dice, and there's rules of how you can pick. You can't pick one in the middle. You got to pick from the edges or the top, and then there's uh, certain abilities allow you to pick from a side. Things like this, um, but okay. what then? What what it does is, um, as you, there's different rounds, you go back and forth, uh, back and forth of drafting. Or if you're multiple people, it's it's two to four players. So, um, uh, or excuse me, there's one to four players. There are single player rules. Um, yeah, so of course, of course there is. There is. Exactly. Why would there be in 2021? Yeah. But basically, you draft the dice, and you get you're going for combinations of these dice and the face symbols. 
Okay. Things like that. Um, like I said, beer earlier, beer is beneficial. What it is, is if I take a beer dye and I have it during my turn, uh, when it's time for me to pick, I can give somebody a beer die. They re-roll that die and take whatever facing they get, but then I get to choose two from the mountain. So it's, it's, so it's like helping oh, yeah, somebody, yeah, but, but then you get more yes. dice potentially. And you can get, and okay. so then you're racking up gems, um, and gems give you points and combinations, but then there's uh magic that magic, these allow you to re-roll your dice in a later phase. Oh, nice. Um, okay. then there's these negative, the black dice are negative with the red symbols on them. But if you get a shield, you can use all the dragons for positive or you get a pickaxe. Okay. So anyway, there's basically you're drafting these dice to get these combinations to score points. And there's multiple ways to score points going down the gym Avenue, going down um, the, uh, the negative aspect um, as um, that. And then there's these white dice, basically are your Yahtzees one through one through five. And um, you've, you've got to do a straight and you get points for having straights and multiple stuff like that. Uh, okay. And so, but okay. then you can get the, the, the beer, which allows you to trade dice to get more dice or these magic dice that have symbols allows you to reroll dice you have, um, things like this. So it's during this drafting phase, you, you're trying to get all these dice that you want. Then um, there's other phases where I use my magic phase. I take my magic dice and I choose dice I want to re-roll to get more gems or maybe to get a different mm. straight number to get um, this kind of bit. And then there's the, the the calculation of, hey, you know, I've got this many gems. I get scored this points and, and I've got this straight. I score this points. I've got this many negative dice. I minus that point. Um, things like Interesting. that. Interesting. And then. And there's like yeah. sequences yes. with the tunnel dice? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump no, ahead. I'm fine. looking at the rules yes. here because I'm really curious. It's, it's uh, literally like four or five pages of rules. It's, it's, it is. It's very simple. It really it's, is. Once Rob and I played the first round, we're like, how's this work? You know, this kind of bit. Oh, we're like, oh serious oh boom this is easy this looks Very really fun it really is this looks really yep. cool and then what you do is um after first round you score your points you go through all those phases you score your points and then you pour more dice onto the um the uh the mountain. mountain then you take your dice you have you re-roll them and that's what you start with that dice then you go draft more dice off the mountain so it just keeps and compounding, compounding and you get more, you get more, and, more and more dice. Oh, that's fun. And then you've got these dice I built and then the, these dice on the mountain. I'm adding the mountain dice to my other dice and this kind of bit. And you do that three rounds. And then after each round, you score points. At the end of the third round, you add up all your points and the person with the highest points win. It's it's a pressure luck, dice rolling, dice drafting. It's cool. A, a little engine building. There is too, engine building. Keep those dice there a little is. bit because like you can go in yep. on those beers, for yep. example, and kind of build that up. Or yep. Interesting. Yeah, beers don't score you points, but if you use them during the drafting phase, you can give somebody dice at the right time. Yes, at the right time. Yep, absolutely. There's some strategy in that, and literally, th dude, this is a twenty to thirty minute game each time. I was just gonna ask. It seems oh, like it probably is a shorter, shortish yep. time of game. Rob and I played this. Gosh, probably a dozen times throughout the whole weekend. Once we did that first day, this was one of my lists. We both created lists of games we wanted to go um, check out in the game I library mean, and play doesn't? and win and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And this was one of my top ones, and we just loved it. And just the uh, setup was quick. 
um, play. Once we found the rules and w- walked through it once, we got them down. We didn't even need to nice. uh, go back to them. And we got the sequences down and rolling. You're checking dice and going for this. I, I and, would say the only thing that might be a little confusing is that scoring. Right. Is, is there like some kind of something like a reference or something that's easy? Or is it just once you do it once, it makes once sense? Once you do it once, it makes sense. There is the page. Okay. We had to pull it out and we're like, okay, how do we score this dice? How do we score seems this kind, dice? It seems kind of confusing as you were describing it. I mean, just glancing over the scoring yeah. page it seemed a little confusing right. but I, maybe it's one of those things that once you do once it makes that sense. was the tunnel dice is what i was more referring right. to that might be a and little that was confusing. one of the things we had because you got the hazard dice which are your cave-ins and your dragons those are the negatives yep. but if you get tunnel dice there's um tunnel dice there's a, an axe a pickaxe which allows to um, um convert any of those uh um uh, cave-in dice from negative points to positive points. Then there's a shield that uh, uh, that yeah. converts any of the negative dragon dice to positive. So if you get too many of the hazards, you want to go after some of these tunnel dice to convert them from negative to positive. Got but then there's it. also okay. a chest symbol, which allows you yep. to keep dice for the next round without re-rolling them. So if you have a couple symbols, I use this chest dice to save these faces for the next round when I don't re-roll them. I, I will keep nice. this face and not re-roll that. So time. it looks like there's a lot of mitigation for the randomness. There is. I mean, yep. that's my always Absolutely. that's always my problem with dice games. Yep. But it looks like, and it's not one of those things like, oh yeah, we're going to throw some re-rolls in there. Well, that doesn't necessarily solve that problem. So it looks like there's a lot more that goes into it. Not to mention your drafting. Yes. So you get to see the faces before you grab them absolutely plus you have the special powers yeah this looks awesome it really is um by the by the way i was looking like board landy and all those places have them out of stock atlas games website has them in stock they have they have the i know they do now it's 60 bucks (laughs) yeah i know that's what i ended up picking this up at miniature market when we were at geekway because rob and i would run to the store it was literally like eight minutes away (laughs) it was eight minutes away from the convention center one of their stores the actual miniature market and there was uh there was two miniature market stores we went to both of them is that cool yeah yeah oh there were uh, yes yes and they have so many specials and so many uh we uh there were so many sales and things like that and i ended up they had dice miner in so i grabbed it and um that kind of bits and yeah so oh man this is on yeah. my list this looks awesome it's, this looks like yeah i can't wait to play like next time we get together we need to pull Absolutely. that this is the yep. game we're pulling out yeah. playing this looks like Dude, so much this fun. would be a great filler game um while you're uh, before you start a big game or in between big games things like that literally like i said 20 to 30 minutes closer to 20 once you've played it a couple times um but yeah it's simple yeah i i don't see this lasting any more than 30 minutes it is that even with four this people, is a lunch game it, if we absolutely. actually absolutely we're back at work and we'll <laughs> yeah. never we probably will never play a lunch game yeah, again probably now. not what started this uh <sighs> podcast will probably cease yeah that's kind of sad yeah. well because i'm working from home Corey's gonna yeah, be working so from I. home i yeah. assume you are too yeah. so Yep. But anyway, <sighs> anyway, uh, dice miner, very fun. Uh, if you like dice chucking, um, that aspects, the dwarven theme, like I said, you, you brought up the point was, uh, which I was going to mention, uh, dice rolling is so random, but there are, uh, mitigation items, uh, within the game that you can utilize to, um, balance out. Offset yep, that. yep. 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 So, which yeah, I like. so do I. And it, it, it's not one of those cheap, well, you, you can get a reroll. Well, right. I mean, because that's why I kind of feel like um, where you fight each other and the dice oh, that you dice like. Throws? The first version, yep. I felt that's what it was like. It was like playing Yahtzee with powers. It, it is. Like, yep. Okay, cool. I can re-roll, but that's it. I didn't feel like there was much mitigation to change things. Um, maybe you get some of those cards, but it still seemed pretty random. 
and if you just got lucky, there. Right. I mean, it was hard to compete against somebody who just get gets hot with the dice. Um, so that's tough. But at least with drafting, people get yes, chance, yeah. So. yeah. This way, it oh. yeah, it changes that. Cool. All right. Well, uh, this will probably be the last game here. Yep. Uh, we're we're getting hard up against the time, but I'm going to talk about a game called Whirling Witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So this is a game that came out from AEG. Might have probably seen it at Gen Con. Um, maybe Geekway. Well, Geek, they don't really have uh, vendors, but maybe they had it for AEG. So um, this was actually a part of the the AEG party game yes. night thing. You know how they usually do that at Gen Con? Well, this year, I don't think AEG actually came to Gen Con, I think about it. They did like an online-only presence, did. and so their party night thing, they actually moved to Kickstarter versus just Gen Con exclusive. Anywho, I did participate that. Uh, I did, or I mean, I did back that, and it came with ten T E N, which I think we've talked about in the podcast. Maybe Emily and I did, uh, which was a part of that. But the other game was Whirling Witchcraft. So this is, I mean, I didn't really expect much from this. It was, it was one of those things like, oh well, it's included, but I'm actually more excited about the other games that came in it. But we'll give it a try. And you know, honestly, just up front, I was actually surprised surprised by this one that i that i enjoyed it not not that i didn't i enjoyed both games but i actually really enjoyed this game and it actually kind of had a twist to the game that i really hadn't expected and that that's what i think i liked about it it was a little different with some of the mechanics that i hadn't seen in a game before so uh overall the idea is you're you're witches and creating like potions or whatever and how that looks like is all the, there's a bunch of different colored cubes, and these cubes represent different uh, ingredients like newt and and like uh, I, I don't even know all the I don't even know all the ingredients, but you know they're like your traditional like you know witches uh, ingredients, eyeballs and what yeah, bat yeah. wings or what you know what I'm talking about. It's not a big deal, but you you do have a mat that you keep track of your ingredients and. Um, this is engine building, so surprise, surprise, I liked it. And it's engine building with card drafting. So what essentially happens is you have a hand of recipes, and uh, these cards basically say there's like a top and bottom portion of the cards, and the top is like your input of ingredients, and the bottom is your output. So it's a lot of converting ingredients, right? So you'll put two ingredients out, and then you'll get three ingredients, or four ingredients, and so on and so forth. And not all the ingredients are created the same. Some are more rare than others, where on your sheet, uh, two of the ingredients you can only have three of. Uh, The other ones you can have like 10 of or nine of, and they're different amounts, right? So they're more rarity, and so you'll see that on the cards too. So like the white and black cubes, uh, you're not going to see those a lot on the cards. Um, And and a lot of times you're going to be throwing a lot of the common ingredients as an input, and the output are going to be those more rare ingredients, right? Now, some of the cards uh, you can like reverse, so you can choose which way to orient it when you play it, um, either being the input or the output, so there's some flexibility there. But essentially... Everybody selects a card from their hand. They put it down so nobody can see. And then once everybody selected one, you flip it. And then that goes to your lineup below uh, below your, your little mat thing that they give you where all your ingredients are stored. And then you pass your cards to your left. So this is where the draft card drafting comes in. So you're always just passing the cards to your left. 
And then what you do, the next phase, is now you get to fill your recipes. And so you, you take the cubes from your mat, the resources you have, and you're putting them in the input of the cards in these little squares. And then you're getting from the main, like the bank, if you will, you're getting the output of the cubes. And so you're converting them. And then the output of the cubes, you're taking that and putting them in these little 3D cauldrons. So they come with these like cardboard pieces that you put together and it, it has like a... It's a 3D, like an inch tall little cauldron that you put your cubes in. And there's actually even a, like a little lip that goes around so they don't slide off the cauldron. It, it's 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 kind of, it's a really cool table presence, probably not necessary, but it's pretty cool. So you put your output of cubes there and then all your input cubes go to the bank. So you lose them, which is a good thing. And then you pass the cauldron to your right. And when you get the cauldron passed to you, you take those ingredients that the person created and you put them on your sheet. Now, this is this is the unique part that if you max out on your ingredients on your sheet, any of the carryover. So let's say I only had two spots left for black cubes, but there was three in the cauldron. I put the two on my sheet. The leftover one goes back to the player that gave it to me and they put it in the top of their sheet. There's like an overflow area. I forgot what they call it. The overflow area is actually your victory points. And so the whole game is trying to max out your recipes and spend as many as your ingredients that you have and output as many ingredients you have to try to make the player to your right bust or have too many of ingredients so you can get them back for victory points and so i might be looking at emily's cards and be like she doesn't have a lot of input for red cubes i'm i'm gonna give her a lot of red cubes so i'm looking for recipes that give me a lot of output for red cubes and so that's the gist of the nice. game you just keep playing through round by round you keep adding more recipes by the end of the game you have like seven or eight recipe cards and you're dumping like 15 cubes to the person and it just becomes unsustainable. Like it's exponential. You can't keep up with the input. And you're also having to look, you're having to look to the player to the left and see what they're giving you. You have to look to the player to the right and seeing what they don't have input. And you're having to select recipes and draft. But all at the same time, you don't want to give cards to the player to your left more output of the color that you can't keep up on. So it's a very interesting game of having to look to the player to your left and right weigh the drafting and then trying to get these recipes set up in such a way because the engine building that you're just like trying to empty all your resources as fast as possible and give as many resources and so the trigger of the game is when any player i think has like seven victory points is we, you finish up the round and whoever has the most wins so that's very unique about how the victory points goes it uh, most of these type of games, I thought it was just going to be like potion explosion or something where you're like, yeah, I'm just grabbing resources and filling up my potions and filling up my own potions. No, you're filling up potions and then you're trying to get the other person's uh, ingredients uh, too full and to get the the extras back, which is that's kind of a unique. That uh, that's unique. The only the only minor problem I have with this is if you play with somebody that kind of maybe isn't very logical or critical thinking maybe is not their favorite thing and aren't like maybe looking to the right or left and making good decisions it it, it breaks the game a little bit because then the person who's sitting to the left of them wins the yeah. game you know what i mean if you have somebody's like uh eh, like i'm not really into her, uh i don't get this or or is just focused on their own gameplay and not realizing you need to look at the player on your right or left and like 
hey, I'm getting past a bunch of reds. I need to pick up red ones, but you're not picking up the red input ones. Like, okay. Uh, then I, across the table, not sitting next to that person, is probably going to lose the game because that person's not doing the what they probably should be doing, quote-unquote should, right? That's my only concern with this. So this might be one of those games that you need to play with the same people of skill or like interest. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, it it does. If I mean, if games where you're supposed to follow a certain pattern or path to be successful, um, then if somebody or have a right. strategy, yep. like I'm not saying you have to do the same thing every time you do, because that, that can change every yeah. time because there's oh, some yeah. variability to it. But there is a strategy that you need to look yep. at what you should be outputting and what you should be handling for inputs. Otherwise, the game could be over in a few rounds when it really should be over in like seven right. or eight rounds. Right. It's, yep. That's the, that's the only like short thing. But this would be one of those games that I would, you know, if we had lunch, I would bring and it would go really well. I could see this being. I could see like Corey and like Jeff and Travis. Like I could see this be like a very competitive, like uh, serious type, not serious, but fun, serious type of game where you're just like trying to screw over the guy next to you. That's that kind of game. But it's really fun. Very interesting. Cool table presence. Easy to learn. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed it. A little different than uh, what I've seen before. Nice. So that was Whirling Witchcraft. Check it out. I think it just hit the markets. I've seen it at our local game store. Just full, uh, Just got it in. So uh, check it out. It's out there. Uh, it's not terribly expensive. and I, It played in like 20 minutes. Like it's not even that long game. It goes really quick. By you get by the time you get six or seven cards out, you're dumping so many cubes. Like there's it's just unsustainable. It's impossible to keep up at some point. So yeah. Anyway, that was Whirling Witchcraft by AEG. All right, Chris. Well, we're at time here. Uh, so I'd like to talk about more games. A uh, couple games I'd like to talk about in, in maybe the next podcast. I got... We picked up Project L from our local game site. I think we talked. Yep. We I think it was around the time of Dice Miner. It was a Kickstarter. We talked about that, and I picked that up. Nice little uh, puzzly Tetris type game. It, it was interesting. Uh, plus, I got. I mean, we got Kickstarters upstairs, and we got Ruins of Arnak. Uh, just tons of games to play. So. I think we'll, uh, it'll be a game-filled episode next I week think for sure. So. <laughs> and I've got the one that I picked up at Gen Con that Rob and I played at Geekway, which I want to talk about is G.I. Joe Deck Building Game. Yeah. Ooh, there's a Yo teaser Joe. for a week out. Yeah. G.I. Joe. It was fun. Goo. Well, I know what we're naming next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Sorry for absence. I mean, you probably, like, I don't. I don't even know if I had the energy to record, but you would not have wanted to listen to me while I had COVID. Like it was, it was no bueno, no good. Uh, but uh, it, I, it's fun to get back to this and talking to you, and it got me excited for Geekway. Yeah. Like I didn't even know I was excited, but now I am. So um, yeah. So hopefully everybody's doing well. Uh, hopefully everybody's uh, um, thriving. Uh, things are kind of crazy and chaotic right now in the world i know we have a lot of australian and new zealanders uh listen to the podcast hopefully i know there's a lot of stuff going over there not only politically but also just socially oh, with the the situation with the pandemic and just even across the world here in the states things are kind of crazy just from um like i said shortages and price increases and just political and unrest and um hopefully everybody's doing doing well and staying safe and and thriving it, it it's hard i mean I know a lot of people losing jobs and just it's tough times, but uh, we'll we'll get through this. Hopefully, 
Uh, board gaming can be that hobby to help keep you grounded a little bit with with keep your mind off it and kind of be entertained. Sometimes when you're feeling low or feeling off, sometimes going back to a hobby just to kind of uh, refresh yourself is is needed. Um, so take the time that you need for, for your mental health. That's something I completely uh, suggest. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, I, I didn't play games for like two weeks there when I was sick because I just I feel awful and I could tell just the mental health portion, just not being able to do a hobby or do something I enjoy kind of took a toll a little bit, you know, not feeling well on top of it. So uh, that's just just want to throw it out there. So, uh, Chris, anything uh, before we take off? No, absolutely. Just er, lives get busy. Totally understand that uh, people, families, uh, all that kind of stuff, jobs, uh, just don't let things down. Remember, just take some time uh, with with your friends, your loved ones, your uh, your gaming group, whatever, and just sit down and relax. Let uh, let yeah. uh, let a, a a fun evening, afternoon um, of of a board game play. Just take some of those words, forget about it, and just enjoy enjoy the time, enjoy the company. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, wonderful. Well, we'll be back next yeah. week with episode 119. Apparently, it's going to be called G.I. Joe or something <laughs> related to that. Um, but I'm excited to talk about that because that, that does look pretty cool. I'm not a big G.I. Joe. It's, it was a little before my time. But um, and I think my I don't think my parents like let me. Play. I don't know. Maybe it's something I'll reminisce about uh, <laughs> in the upcoming week. But I'm excited to talk about it. I love deck builders. I know yep. you do, too. So all right. Uh, well. Until next week, from the games we play, I am Brian. And I'm Chris. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GamesWePlayPod and at GamesWePlayPod at gmail.com.